welcome to the rock. And thank you for downloading another episode of the Black and Gold Podcast. I am your host, Alex Johnson. With me, of course, week in, week out. He doesn't take open weeks. He doesn't take bye weeks. He'll play on a Wednesday. He'll play on a Saturday. It doesn't matter to the world's most famous App State fan. He is the one and only Big C. Big C, how are you, how are you doing today? I'll play on Wednesday. I don't like Wednesdays. No. That was weird. It was weird. I think it got my whole like football clock off. Hey, you know, yeah, no, yeah, have to get it. it oh, well, it, we don't have to do that again. Even the and show, just for an away game. Even the show, it got our clock off for the show. Right, yeah, threw us off. You know what else threw us off is having major technical difficulties that caused us <laughs> to record uh, here on a Wednesday. Uh, we mentioned this on Twitter and we mentioned this uh, on Facebook. We did have some technical difficulties on Tuesday when we typically record, which. Um, is not worth going into detail about just to say that uh, we battled against the machines and the machines won. So we are recording a day late, but that's okay. We, uh, we have a really great show. Uh, we have uh, Adam Witten and we, that was actually the one salvageable <laughs> piece of audio that we do have from Tuesday was with uh, Mr. Adam Witten, the voice of the Mountaineers talking about homecoming. And he joined us for the hashtag BGP mail satchel. And then later in the show, of course we have Mr. Sims McElfresh, the most interesting name in football, and uh, we had a great conversation with him. Um, I think actually, <laughs> it's been a it's been a wild uh, 24 hours. But I think we referenced actually in the Adam Witten discussion and the hashtag BGP Mail Satchel that Big right. C wasn't part of the Sims interview. But that was before the Sims interview got erased by our equipment. And so we did the interview again because Sims you is have to blame that on the equipment manager. Who was that again? It was me. It's me. Oh, it's oh me. well, I but, was you know, with somebody else. It's okay because I'm also the CEO, the sales guy, the, the editor, the producer, and uh, that's uh, the host. So that's what I do, Big C. And um, I wasn't trying to throw you. Under hey, the bus. you know what? We we all know that you're the talent. Okay, we know that you know more than me, and and you just keep pouring the salt, keep pouring the salt in the wound. <laughs> you're the world's most famous app fan, and I'm just a guy. Come on. Come on, we all know it. But doing it, all the work, doing all the work. But because Sims is an awesome dude, and that he was willing to come back and, and get on the show, um, Big C did join us for the interview, which is great. But Big C, we got even bigger news than that. Huge news. Huge news. Major news in the form of a new sponsor. We have a new sponsor. It's very exciting. It's an extremely exciting event. You know why it's exciting? Is because we have another sponsor? <laughs> no, no, no. It's not exciting within itself. It's exciting because this sponsor is a, once again tied into App State. So right now, uh, you know, I obviously have uh, with hashtag BGP Mel Satchel, Mr. Steven Mechanic, and then uh, with uh, Casa Rustica, which of, of course has been the best Italian food in the high country for a long time. Uh, we also have a new main sponsor of the show. It is Z-Box Mattress. Uh, Z-Box Mattress is uh, a company, it's a startup company actually, uh, out of furniture country, United States of America. Um, it, it is uh, founded by three App State grads that uh, have been in the furniture and bedding industry for a very long time. They saw the industry and what was being offered in direct-to-home mattress uh, uh, e-commerce and knew that uh, that there was uh, a, a market for people that wanted a premium 
mattress. And so these guys got together, pulled their expertise, and, and because they know bedding and they've been talking to people about comfort levels and uh, and how people like to sleep and what kind of mattresses do well, they uh, started this company, Z-Box Mattress. And you can go find on zboxmattress.com their website. And uh, again, they are a startup, so uh, go check them out. Um, and actually... And here's something else that's special, Big C, because, you know, Mountaineers all need to support each other. And these guys love the show. They're all three huge fans of the show, and they wanted to be part and, and partner with us and get in front of our audience. Um, they are offering us and our listeners, actually, probably not us, a discount on what they're selling. They're selling um, a, either a firm or a plush mattress. You go to their website, look at their products. You have different variations, every size that you could want. Enter in black and gold pod into the, uh, oh, I'm sorry, not black and gold pod, it's black and gold, enter in black and gold into the coupon uh, uh, box or the discount code box, you get 10% off of a purchase. So Wow. Go, hey, how Let's about that? Talking about comfort levels. <laughs> it's financially comfortable. And here's something else, Bixie. Are you ready for this? I sleep, I, I sleep on a Z-Box bed. I have a Z-Box mattress, and it is outstanding. Uh, we will never go back. Uh, it's a king size bed. It's outstanding. Um, so uh, we're really, really excited to have a startup company founded by Mountaineers, run by Mountaineers. But not only that, the the kind of products that they're selling are really elite. And um, you know, and they're slept on by Mountaineers apparently. Yes. As well, right? Hey, hey, absolutely, they are. Absolutely, they are. And uh, uh, don't buy them because they're great guys. Don't don't buy from them because they're great guys. Buy from them because they're great mattresses. And um, if you're interested, zboxmattress.com. Really excited to have them support the show in a major, major way. Uh, but Big C, we, uh, although it is a little late in the game, we're getting an episode late uh, out to the fans. We got homecoming this weekend, man. The, the train moves on. We're in the second half of this 2016 campaign regular season. And, you know, the Vandals, man, they're, they're coming for us. And it looks like finally, finally, we're going to have cool weather in Boone. It's been all sunshine. <laughs> we're winning, so everybody's complaining, but it, 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 it's going to be cool. You know, I'm not, yeah, I'm not complaining about the weather. Um, it's going to be cool in Boone for quite a while. So, uh, But, hey, Saturday's coming, and it's quick, and it's going to be <laughs> quite really cool for anyone. Um, it's going to be kind of a shock, I think, uh, mm. the weather we've had recently, kind of dipping down to maybe not out, getting out of the 40s. Mm. So uh, mm. I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm looking forward to it, but you know it's funny we talk about we talk about the uh, you know the, the the guys we play out of Georgia and Louisiana and they come up the mountain and you know hey get ready boys bring a jacket right well these guys are from Idaho it's like it's the other coldest place on earth <laughs> but uh, no we're we're really but they play in the dome right they play in the the seventy two degree dome they play climate in, controlled they play in the uh, the potato dome I think it's called right is it the potato dome. Something like that. It's a the <laughs> Spud Stadium. <laughs> the Kibby Dome. Oh, it's not Spud Stadium. Not a mashed um, Memorial Stadium. Mm-mm, no. You want me to keep? You want me to keep going with these puns? Uh, sure, but I'll uh, stop listening. <laughs> fine, fine. But uh, we we do have a lot to talk about, and uh, we, when we uh, get into the game itself with uh, Adam Witten in the hashtag BGP Mail Satchel, while we answer your questions. And then uh, we're going to obviously be talking to Sims McElfresh. And really, it was, a, it was a great conversation that we had with Sims. And I think everybody listening to the show is going to enjoy it very much as well. Um, Big C, what's on the menu? Is it hashtag uh, Big C's tailgate? <laughs> it, 
it's interesting. We uh, established a uh, homecoming tradition of, of doing fried turkeys several years back. So wherever at homecoming falls, fried turkeys are, are in a pot. So um, that's, that's what we're having. That's the main course. Love it. Love it. Fried fried turkeys. Are you going to have our, uh, potatoes on the menu? No, they're not. Shouldn't it be, though? I, the, mean, I mean, we're playing There right may now? be some mashed potatoes. Okay. I just Maybe think, we can get someone from Hodges Gap to fix us up some mashed potatoes. <laughs> I just think it just makes sense if we're playing Idaho to, to have, in, in Boone, I think you got to have potatoes. I mean, it just seems like that's a natural thing to do. Why aren't you thinking it about is. Why Why aren't you thinking about these things? It's because we're, it's homecoming, Alice, and that's what we do for homecoming. <laughs> but you got to figure in the opponent. Gosh, if we lose because you didn't fix potatoes, then I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be very upset. But uh, according to um, uh, our very loyal listener, one of our favorite listeners, really, Jeff Crum, according to his all-important weather report, it looks like at kickoff we're looking at mostly sunny, lower to mid fifties. That was as of. Is that an updated one? Oh, no, no, no. He said, oh, I'm, we're getting breaking news. As of today, it appears that things could be a bit blustery. All right. Sunshine and dry is not in question. Okay. Good. So it's going to be sun. It's going to be uh, sunshine. It's not going to rain, but it's going to be blustery. Big C, are we going to be able to handle that? We can handle it because we run the ball. That won't be a problem for us. Uh, I meant us fans maybe, being all finicky maybe, in, in the stands with yeah, the hot chocolate. But for Noodle Arm Matt Linehan, that might not be, uh, you know, it might be a problem for him. Noodle Arm? Why do you got to bring names into this? Why do you got to be calling well, He just names? doesn't have a strong arm, you know, so. Well, don't you think he knows that? Be, don't you think he feels no, bad he about that? he probably doesn't. He probably thinks he's the best thing ever because he's a coach's son. Are, what are you saying about Taylor Lamb then? Nothing. Mm, okay. Just be nice, bitch. Taylor Lamb doesn't have a noodle arm. Okay. All right. No noodle arm. Great. Where, where have we gone? We're talking about potatoes and noodles and turkeys, and we're just going all over the place. But uh, all the more reason then to turn it around and uh, start talking about this game. And uh, of course, at the end of the show, getting to the Sims Mackle Fresh uh, discussion, uh, which really had a good time. I think we had. I mean, if it'd be a two-hour long show if we put in the whole conversation. But uh, right, had a really good time speaking with him about his memories and how he got to App State. But first. Before we go to everybody's favorite segment, which is the hashtag BGP Mail Satchel, where, by the way, if you communicate with us on Twitter and use hashtag BGP Mail Satchel, we're going to read your question. We're going to talk about whatever topics you want us to talk about. Uh, find us on Twitter, Black and Gold Pod. You can email us at blackandgoldpodcast at gmail.com, and that's really just for Danny Stapp. And then you can find us on Facebook at Black and Gold Podcast. Um, that's pretty easy, and we're over a thousand likes on facebook big c that's a milestone it is a milestone i'm glad we made it finally i feel validated i feel validated <laughs> but it's really great and did you know that we have we have like 13 reviews written on itunes we have like 18 five-star reviews but no no we have 18 five-star like uh, ratings and then we have like 13 reviews it's amazing people actually are listening to the show at least at least 18 of them you know, they're making us feel good, at least, whether, whether they're honest well, or not. So, I, well, uh, well, it sounds like we're batting a 1,000. Well, two of them are from uh, my mom and my aunt, and then one of them is from my grandma. But besides that, you know, I think maybe there's some real people out there. I think maybe your dad and sister and my brother. I mean, okay, maybe the whole th- maybe it's our family, but regardless, it makes it look good. So go into iTunes and check us out and give us five stars, folks. It would be, it, I mean, it would make Big C's Thanksgiving early. It, I mean, it really would. I think it would, because you have a turkey's. 
I'm speechless at this point. <laughs> We're just going in circles, but we are going to jump into the hashtag BGP Metal Satchel brought to you by Stephen Mechanic. Uh, of course, Stephen is a financial advisor. He's a four-year walk-on player at App State. This dude knows how to hustle. He knows how to work. And uh, he loves talking to App State fans. He's got a ton of great stories, as does Sims McElfresh. And they actually roomed together for a little while, which is really interesting. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, if, if you do talk to Steven and just really talk about what sort of options you have or just kind of get a lay of the land on how you're investing, how you're saving for the future, because in my experience and what I've talked to Steven, there's always something a little extra you could be doing, just little tweaks here and there to be able to uh, invest more into your future early retirement, college funds, lake houses, uh, helicopter pads on the top of Howard's Knob, uh, all kinds of things. And so all you need to do is give uh, uh, Stephen either an email, a text, or a call. Just have a conversation. It doesn't cost you a thing. He'll give you an assessment, tell you what he thinks, give you an opinion. Uh, if you got a young family, if you're just out of college, 401k is not the only thing you can do. you got to understand that. You can create wealth in many, many more ways. So that you can then give it to the Yosef Club so we can have a bigger stadium. You can call or text Stephen at 336-706-1473. And you can email him at uh, stephen.m.mechanic. And mechanic is spelled M-A-C-H-A-N-I-C at nm.com. As in Nancy Mary, nm.com. And Big C with that, we're going to go to the next uh the next segment with Adam Witten, Voice the Mountaineers, to what I think is one of the best uh, preview segments we've had all year. I'm ready for the Mountaineer talk after party the day after. <laughs> Sit tight, folks. We'll be right back. Welcome to another edition of Hashtag Mountaineer Talk After Party. After Party. Starring the best R. Kelly impersonator that Bradenton, Bradenton Florida has to offer, Mr. Adam Witten. Ain't no party <laughs> like a Mountaineer Talk After Party. Because, because a Mountaineer us. Talk After Party don't stop. Don't it's stop. just us three dudes. <laughs> just, well, well, there's four dudes. I borrowed that line from you, by the way. You did. No, that's right. That's right. And uh, it was really creative. It was really creative. Frankly, it was really creative. Never never once in a 90s rap song. No. Well, it might have been. But I do think I came up with it, honestly. I do think I came up with it. But that's not the point. The point is here tonight that uh, we are sitting here talking after another successful Mountaineer talk, I assume. I wasn't there (laughs) for many reasons. Uh, that this is too straight that you've missed? Negative two on the chalkboard. <laughs> I'm here. I mean, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. Uh, no, but we have homecoming coming up against Idaho with a 22-point. Uh, is it a 22-point spread right now against well, the potato sacks? many is what it is. Really? Yeah. Hey, how about speaking into the microphone there, Big C? I always do. There you go. <laughs> there you go, sir. Um, so we're going to do something different. I don't think you've ever been part of the hashtag BGP Mail Satchel. Is that correct, Mr. Witten? Only in my dreams. Only <laughs> in his dreams. Can you believe that? So let's let's just start this thing off running here. Uh, the first one is from uh, the Atlanta assassin himself, James Burchett. He says, thoughts on the line, and that's why I mentioned it because I knew we were going to say it first. Thoughts on the line against Idaho set at 22. Big C. Is that way too high? It's way too high. And I don't think it's way too high based on how we played them in the past. I think it's way too high based on what we've done this season. 
which Ooh. is not really blow people out. And we know they can put some points on the board. But I don't think they're scoring 55 this weekend. They're not or scoring. Or 45 or 35 or 25. But they're going to score more than probably Lafayette and Georgia State combined. It's not too much to <laughs> predict wow. there. But they're going to wow. put some points on the board. Wow. I can't wait for that prediction thread. I think <laughs> – go ahead. <laughs> You know, I, I, I got asked this question prior to the game against Louisiana in a radio interview, which was based on all the previous games prior to the one against the Raging Cajuns. What's the one game that sums up the identity of the team? And my answer to that question was the second half of the Georgia State game. To your point, we're, we're a running team. Yep. And a running team is not one that is necessarily going to go out and score 40, 50 points every game. But against – Georgia State in the second half. We had the ball, I believe, for about 20 minutes of the 30 minutes in the second half. Yeah. We're going to try to break people's spirit with our offensive line, our running game. We're going to hit some passes if we need to. But ultimately, you know, we're not going to see a lot of games where we're going to come out and just start throwing the ball over the place if, because we're not going to necessarily have to. Mm. And so if we win, we're going to win more games, I think, 21-3 to three than we are 45-21. to 21. And – Last year, we hit those passes deep. We did. We hit Malachi and others. We did. We haven't thrown those this year, really. Take away, you know, deep balls against Old Dominion to start the game, Louisiana to start the game. Have we really thrown it deep? Not no. really. It's just not been there. Nope. Hasn't been there. And and so that's just not the team that we are right now. I agree. No, I, I agree. It, it is um, – Well, here's the thing, too. And, and sorry to interrupt. I'm not sorry to interrupt. I'm really not. I'm really not. <laughs> Oh, uh, it's okay. I'm, I'm going to go total cliche on this, too. Oh, wow. Um, you are David Jackson. You put the ball in the air, three things can happen, and two of them are bad, right? And, and mm. So, again, we I think we've shown the ability to throw in the ball deep, to throw the ball deep. We showed it in the Louisiana game. We opened it up. And yep. we knew that because Louisiana was really good against the run, and they were not against the pass. That's what their history had told us going into that game. But quite honestly – if you don't need to throw the ball deep. Why are you to, doing it? You can do it to keep the defense honest, but quite honestly, that's not going to be the consistent thing that gets your offense moving. We've yeah. heard stories about Idaho's defense being so much more improved. Well, they had a lot of improving to do. You touched on it in their talk, 400 yards given up, still put up 47. I think Taylor Lamb threw the ball 15 times last year. Yeah. yeah. And he completed eight <laughs> passes, three touchdowns. So Correct. I, I understand that could be better. But they can't get that much better. Um, that actually leads us to the next question about this game, about the passing, uh, which I, you know, you re you referenced that Taylor didn't throw the ball very much last year. Um, should we expect more aggressive downfield passing uh, in the game this weekend? I think that I what I'm expecting is more effective play action, big passes, but they're going to be few and far between. I don't think we've seen uh, great results from our those play big play action passes. We're going to see a lot of it. So I, I think the the from this is again from Jane Burchett. I don't think that we're going to see it a lot, but I think it's going to be more effective because I do think there's more of a chemistry being built with Taylor Lamb and the receivers. But to both your points, I think that where we break down teams is on the ground. I think that's what's going to happen this weekend. I don't think we should ever expect it to to kind of literally answer the question I don't think we should ever expect to open up the passing game and throw the ball downfield it needs to be a weapon it needs to be something mm. that we can show because again the more you run the ball and if you're not showing that 
you're just going to have teams just right. loading up to stop the run. And Louisiana right. did that a lot, and, and we knew that going in that they yeah. were going to do that. And so, yeah, we've got the ability to throw the ball downfield, but I don't think we should ever go into a game expecting yeah. that we're going to do that a lot. That, that's a good point. So I think I think what, if people are wanting an airstrike show, I don't, I don't think we're going to get that. I, I think it's going to be, again, establishing the run and throwing 20 times a game. We're facing another team that goes up close to 300 yards passing. We're going to take our spots. We're, we know their weaknesses. That's, take your that's, spots. You know, that's what this is all about. That's and right. if we can run the ball over play, we will. Because if that works and we don't have to show our passes and we don't have to show anything special offensively, then what's the point? You sound like Bobby Mania. Take your, make a move. Make a move. Bobby Bo, come on. Bobby, I know who he is. He's still getting paid by the Mets, right? Here, here's the other thing, too, and, and, and Coach Satterfield talked about this a little bit in the show tonight. Uh, Alex, perhaps you heard it on the radio because you weren't there in person. <laughs> yeah, okay. Cole Byrne. That's nice. That's nice. I thought it was kind of warm, actually. You don't think it's cold? It was cool it's not, it's not, it's not a warm It's not cold for you out here now? <laughs> I'm a Florida kid, man, I'm, and I did not bring a jacket with me tonight. I mean, once, that, once that gets below the 60-degree marker, it's 63 you know, right now. I'm probably what I got. staying inside. <laughs> Is it really? Wow. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. Wow. You know what? I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. Anyway. Um, but one of the things he talked about is the other thing you got to think about, too, when you talk about the downfield passing game, like, do you necessarily want to have quick strike, quick hitting offense? Our defense is the strength of this team right now. They have been unbelievably dominant in the first two games. You got to keep them fresh. Oh, yeah. The fewer yeah. plays they defend, the, the more efficient they will be. I've always felt that way about, you know, a defense. And oh, yeah. if you compare last year to this year, we, the big plays last year came in the passing game. Now those big plays are coming a la Jalen Moore. Three straight games with 40-yard touchdown runs. It's just it's, – it's, it's, it's different. Also, so when you, yeah. when you can bust one, you know, like that on the ground, it kind of makes up for what we're missing in the passing game a little bit. Also, if you think that if, if you are controlling the game and the clock uh, in scoring on offense – and you get a lead, then it forces the other team to play a certain way, which will more than likely uh, uh, be uh, in favor of the defense, perhaps. So there are many reasons why um, it's important that we, I think, stick to what we're good at. <laughs> to your point, yeah. uh, I think it's really important. Doesn't matter who the opponent, how many yards of offense they're giving up through the air, we are still going to be a run-first team. Yeah, regardless. and we can run on. We've shown that we can really run on anybody, yeah. you know, and we can do that. So we're going to do that, and. To Bobby Bonilla, aka Big C's point, we're gonna make a move. Are you? You know what? If you were really Bobby Bonilla, I envy you because that means you would still be getting paid by the Mets for like thirty. Right yeah, now. until like twenty forty. <laughs> so congratulations to you. Are you getting paid by the Mets? No. Okay. All right. Good. Glad we clear that up. Well, maybe just as much maybe. as Tim Tebow is. Oh. He's getting a cut of his jersey sales, I'm sure. I bet. Uh, so James is going for the uh, monopoly here on the Black and Gold podcast, hashtag BGP Mel Satchel. All right, Adam, Big C, this is perfect for you guys. So far, we're at the halfway point. So we're not saying make a declarative statement about for the rest of the year too, but up to the midway point, offensive, defensive, special teams, MVPs. Uh, Let's let's start with the easy one here. Special I'm glad teams. you're taking this one first. <laughs> Special teams, Billy Crusher. Oh, no Period. doubt. End no doubt. Yep. I don't know what there else is to discuss. That's an easy one. Uh, the last two games. The last McMurray. I was, you know, there, there's a, there is a there is a case to be made there because have, have you guys seen an issue with any of the snaps? No. Nope. And you only notice them when they're bad, right? Correct. First time his name's been brought up in the Black and that's, Gold podcast that's, uh, this year. That's maybe my pick. Maybe the problem is he hasn't caught a pass yet this year like he did last year. <laughs> <laughs> fourth down. So, so that's uh, – Elias drops the second place so based on Eli- no receiving yards. 
I'm picking him for MVP. But okay. Adam, go ahead. It's Bentley. It's Bentley. It's Bentley. Defense, Big C. Get off the fence. This is tough to me. This is the toughest one. Yeah. We got, to me, three big ones. Eric Box, T. Sims, Ooh. Des Reed. Des Reed. So you got two defensive linemen rotating in and out. Top three in Sunbelt sacks of those two of those three, if I'm not yep, mistaken. That is correct. Uh, and then Eric Boggs, collect, you know, until he had some issues last week with an injury, was collecting almost double-digit tackles every week. Yep. I'm saying Eric Boggs. I mean, Eric Boggs seems to be involved on every single play. And he and he, he he's, I don't know, he's just shown to be invaluable. Adam. I don't disagree with what you guys are saying. I'm just going to throw another name out there that's worthy of consideration. I like Clifton Duck. Ooh. Ooh. Because I think – and, and Mondo Williams talked about it on the show. Perhaps you listen on the radio, Alex, because you weren't there tonight. <laughs> okay. Um, this is a good he story. Didn't, he didn't mention this on the air, but yeah. we were talking about it during one of the commercial breaks, and, and he we're was saying exclusive that audio. You know, Mondo's a senior, Clifton's a freshman, and they're the two starting corners. So on paper, who are you going to target? You're going to target Duck. Yeah. He's had his, he's had his moments where – you know, I, I think Louisiana, he had a tough time tackling some of their bigger receivers out in space. And right. so we saw Tay Hayes get a lot more snaps right. um, in that game. But Clifton has held his own in a very tough spot. When you lose a Latrell Gibbs from last year, mm-hmm. and that was one of the spots that you were really keying on, like, what, who are we going to fill this second corner spot with? Mm. And you bring a true freshman into that. And right at the beginning of the Tennessee game, he made an impact. Yep. He's he's had multiple interceptions this year. He has been targeted numerous times. I mean, they have been challenging him every single game. And I think for the most part, he has done he has exceeded expectations. Um, whereas maybe some of the other guys, with the exception of maybe a T Sims or a Des Reed, they've all kind of mm. played about what you thought they would oh, be. Yeah. And and Clifton Duck was one of the biggest unknowns for this defense coming into the year. Yeah. Um and, and I think he has been I think he has been as good as advertised, if not better, as a true freshman. I'll, I'll counter that. So, I think there's a lot. There was a lot of talk about Clifton Duck in the preseason. Like, hey, this guy, he's got some skills. At what point in this season did we start talking about T. Sims and Des Reed? Probably yeah. about the Akron game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me, for those guys that kind of come out of nowhere, you know, and and really make an impact, you know, that you know what we've done to these last two teams. You know, not not so much Georgia State because they got rid of the ball so fast, but Lafayette getting sacks, Akron doing the same thing. When we force teams to play from behind, who gets to feast? It's the defensive linemen. It's the pass rushers. Yep. That's what we're going to see Saturday. Last year, 2015, at Idaho, five sacks of Matt <laughs> Linehan, and he's bigger. He's mobile. Yeah. He can run. He had a rushing touchdown last week, but – I think you can see more of the same. How how valuable though? It, at, correct, and, and he's a JUCO guy. So you, how do you know what you're going to get out of JUCO guys sometimes? But he he has stepped up. And who did we lose last year on the defensive line? Mr. Ronald Blair. So I'm not saying T Sims Ronald Blair, but the production out of T Sims has been outstanding. And I think you're right. Through preseason, we weren't really necessarily expecting it. How about offense? This is the hardest one. This is Jalen Moore. Jalen Moore. He stepped up when we needed somebody to step up. I agree with you. I, I do think it's because when you uh, – and, and Marcus Cox is so unbelievably valuable to this team that in order to have Jalen carry the load in order to fill the gaps, so to speak, I, I don't know. If, if he doesn't perform like that or, or if, let's say if he doesn't, 
then who do we have? We have Darrington, who's really capable. But how do we how do we know? Because Darrington had that game with 200 all-purpose yards, but those are all-purpose yards. They weren't necessarily just on the ground, which is our game. So how do we know that he we we win those games necessarily with establishing the run without him? So we know Marcus under about every other circumstance is our most valuable player. However, when you go down, Jalen Moore stepping up to the plate with his production, it's been pretty great. Yeah, it, it's hard to argue with Jalen. The thing I go back to, and I don't even know which one to give it to, but somebody on the offensive line needs to be considered because whether it's Marcus or whether it's Jalen, the consistency has been the offensive line. You know, Knock on – well, it's not a wooden table, but uh, <laughs> we've been healthy yeah. on the offensive line. And I, I recall the Georgia State game. That was the fourth quarter drive that was punctuated by Shea's touchdown to put us up uh, 14 against right. Georgia State. Right was the most I think the most impressive series by this offense all year long. And what I noticed from that game, go back and watch that game, how the offensive line reestablished the line of scrimmage, four or five yards upfield, downfield, and Jalen was getting four or five yards before he was even in, in the vicinity of somebody that could tackle him. And Jalen's been great. He he's I, I don't dispute that. Um, but the consistency, whether it's been Marcus racking up 100-yard games or Jalen racking up 100-yard games, has, has been the offensive line. And, I mean, it's – it's a guy. We'll say Parker pick. Collins. It's got to it's be Parker. Parker Parker is – he's got the keys to the car on the offensive line as the center. And, and he I, I like is the leader of that O-line. Uh, mainly because not knowing that he was really going to be our starting center for the right. whole year. Mm-hmm and moving across the line and taking on those responsibilities, you know, and being pretty flawless at this point. Uh, that's a good call. I really like that. And he still has that nastiness to him. I think, oh, I think him yeah. thinking about snapping the ball has really kind of um, reeled him in a little bit as far as his, like, post-play annex or, or really driving through the whistle, somebody into the ground. Like Tennessee? I, I, I think he does. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. there's just enough of a break in the action for him to snap the ball and then think about what he's doing versus knowing the snap counter jumping on it, that it kind of helps him a little bit. It's just a, like that, just that half click of a like a like a rhythm that he, he gets into. Well, well think like about that. think about. I can't Ar- imagine, yeah. Arkansas State last year, ugly game, ugly game. What happens? Jesse Chapman gets hurt, ankle sprain, ding dot. Really, never really recovered. If you're gonna, if we're going to be honest, he, he that was something he was battling with the whole time, whole rest of the season. Parker Collins comes in there, didn't do a very good job. Seeing where he has come, I mean, that you talk about MVP, learning a new or being immersed in a new position when he was a really good guard, now being the quarterback of the offensive line, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, great pick. Adam's got some good picks here. Like you notice it. how I was kind of sitting on Big C's fence there, and then, but you guys pushed me off. Somebody, oh. Somebody's got to jump off of it. Oh, someone's got to jump off the fence. Somebody's the boards gotta. cannot handle all the weight. <laughs> That's right. It's a split rail fence. It can only take so much. That's right. Uh, and then Silent Steve, not so silent, asks, very impressed with the defensive depth so far this season. I think we all are. Um, are they the top defense in the Sun Belt? Well, is that not the easiest male satchel question we've ever had? No, but it's very, very, very close. It's in the top five. <laughs> okay. uh, I don't I don't know about yardage uh, and numbers by that. Um, I do know by points per game. What was it, 18.8? Is that the number? Yep. That's easy, and that's and doesn't even count conference play. Mm. That's that's dealing with a 38 from Akron and a 45 from Miami. So that's right. for that number to be under 20 is pretty good. I'll take that. Yeah, quick math skills. 
1.5 points per game in, in Sunbelt wow. play. Impressive. Yeah. <laughs> just wow. came up with that. Just Wow. That's um that's, that's I didn't totally. Take, I didn't have to take math that, in college that's, either. That's totally sustainable. Too. I can't even say I learned that in a math class at App, but I didn't take math in college. <laughs> we have math here at App. Do we have math courses? We do. I'm we just do. Kidding. We I'm do. I'm just kidding. Um, I, I surely didn't take. I, I don't know what's most impressive about the defense as far as the stats go. I was pouring through some stuff. Pouring. Uh, pouring. That's not the right word. <laughs> he was boring. grazing. I was grazing. What a nerd. I was grazing. I, was I like grazing though. Perusing. Would you prefer face. perusing? I like I like perusing for you because you need a coat when it's sixty degrees and I'm, like, I'm shivering. I'm really shivering. I like I like pouring for Big C because he literally pours over stats. But anyway, I'm sorry. Um, you were perusing. No, tu- no touchdowns allowed in two games. That's, uh, that, that's the obvious one. Yeah. How about the fact that we have only allowed opponents to get into the red zone once that's in huge. two games? It's really huge. That's Isn't enormous. that crazy? That's enormous. Um, and then the longest so big plays was such a big thing. I mean, the Miami game. Yeah, several 50-plus yeah. yard plays in that Miami game. And even Akron, a lot right. of big plays. In the two Sunbelt games, the longest offensive play that we have given up is 21 yards. <laughs> That's incredible. I think I think the Sunbelt is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what it really comes down to. Yeah, but okay. So I'm gonna say this: those are athletes that can run and catch it. You got to execute. Still, they are. Just because you're in a bad conference, which the Sun Belt, okay, let's let's say that it is a bad conference, and more than likely it is. You still have to execute, do you not? I mean, 1.5 points per game, getting to the red zone once. That's that's not taking plays off. You know, that's not giving teams anything. I'll, I'll never forget for the rest of my life uh, watching the episode arise after Georgia State. And the camera's on John Law. And I'm paraphrasing here, but he said something that was effective. Three games, 12 quarters, no touchdowns. (laughs) Against Georgia State. Yeah, Yeah. kind of like no sauce. He lays on his wings. He doesn't like giving up touchdowns either. You missed, uh, speaking of which, you missed, uh, we have an epic (laughs) comeback in the works for Blue Cheese. Two in a row. I think it's peer pressure. Mondo Williams. <laughs> I think it's peer pressure. Mondo Williams went uh, blue cheese. I and Billy Crutcher last I, I think uh, week before last. Two weeks. Do you remember that? I do. Were you there? <laughs> I remember reading about it on Twitter. <laughs> That's all I remember. I, it, uh, it surprises me real quick. Uh, every player that comes on, you would think they would know that it's coming. But it's obviously like whatever, that's and they're how, always like more and more surprised about the crowd reaction about a question. Yeah, so uh, that's how forgetful Adam Mon- is. Mondo knew it was friends. coming. Mondo oh, knew okay. it was coming because uh, I tagged him in in the tweet. I put a poll up. I put okay, a poll up okay, before okay. the show on Twitter at App State AW. <laughs> Try, trying to get to 800 followers. Way to go, A. Help me out. Help hey, me out. we we have 200 more uh, followers on Facebook than he does on Twitter. Well, that's, do. Uh, something to be said for that, I guess. I know. About that. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate we're, that. We're we're super get, popular. If you're follow Adam Whitten on Twitter. Come on, guys. Is it uh it's uh, podcast nation? A dub app state. Was it A dub app state? A dub app state. No, um so he uh he, he started following me on Twitter before the show because I tagged him in the poll that I do, yeah. which is what is the answer going to be on the show tonight? It's the internet. So most he knew it was poll. coming. It's more than an election poll. It's <laughs> Mountaineer Talk's most popular question, that's for sure. That's uh, exactly nobody right. gets the people perked up in the audience at Cafe Portofino <laughs> like that question. It's crazy. It Although what? Mondo is spectacular tonight. Yeah. Um, he was really good. Just for a second, the, the most interesting th- part about him was was piggybacking off a conversation we had with Jahul Cable several weeks ago where we got into the, the, the psychology, the game within the game, in the matchup between a cornerback and a receiver. Yep, that's right. Mondo goes the nice guy route. He's he, polite. he tries to be contrarian and get in, in players' heads by just being super friendly. It's a nice play, man. 
Yeah. He's like, great what? effort. Good game. Good effort. Good game. Good effort. <laughs> <laughs> but but the f- the best part about it was he says that he. I don't know if he was telling the truth or not, but I'm going to believe him on this anyway. He says that guys will come up after the game and they'll be just like, hey, man, you know, uh, good game. Uh, you know, f- here's, here's my Twitter, here's my Facebook, here's my Instagram. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. Close them all. He's like, no, man, that wasn't, that wasn't legit. What a tease. I'm done with you. <laughs> he's, yeah. a, he's a football opponent tease. <laughs> it was great. That is. He was really funny. Yeah. I wonder if he d- – you know, I didn't, I didn't hear it. But um, I, I, wonder if, I wonder if part of that is uh, also getting – backhand compliments did he mention anything like that like hey maybe you'll get to the red zone on this drive not I don't none of that that specific none of that nothing like that like, he doesn't talk trash he said he doesn't talk a lot of trash so he's the, the anti sims McElfresh who's on the show here afterwards sims talked a lot of trash a he tries trash. to counteract the trash talk by just uh, not showing that not only is it not getting to him, but he takes the complete opposite approach. I like that. Uh, by just being, oh, you know what? That was a really clever dig you that's just like, had on me, man. Yeah. That was really smart. Well, you thought that one out for a long time. Yeah. I appreciate the, <laughs> that's the, like the how, creativity you put into that that's how piece big, of trash talk. That's how Big C goes, again, uh, into his rap battles I've seen. I feel like if uh, I feel like I'm supposed to make a sandwich joke here or something. <laughs> That's the, theme I, that's the theme I've been getting well, on this show. You went from like a, a rap battle to like a sandwich rap. Uh, so nice, nice segue <laughs> sandwich there. Sandwich rap. <laughs> Pretty sandwich good. That was good. That was good. That was good. Gosh, we're the creative juices. Are Don't drop the mic. Alex can't afford another one. <laughs> I know. Oh gosh. I know. He may have a thousand likes, but that doesn't buy microphones. I know. <laughs> oh my goodness. But our sponsors do. All right. So Sean Welch also <laughs> chimes in here, and he says. Just listen to this week's show. Nice job. Big C, tailgate is wrong. Sanford Mall will be awesome to tailgate. We will be like the Grove one day. I just want to bring that. has nothing to do with Idaho, but uh, I wanted to bring this to you. Sean Welch thinks that we should turn Sanford Mall into the epicenter of tailgating on App State's campus. What do you think about that? I don't know how I feel about that. Think about it's, the it's, how you get things there. That part that's, is undeniably that's annoying. Ha- it, it, you know, I lived on that side of campus when I was a student. Congratulations, we all did. I did. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just threw. I just. <laughs> I just threw Adam Witten way off. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. The only the one thing I do remember about living on that side of campus was I lived in Coffee Hall. Yes, that was the honors dorm. That's yeah. why I can do math. Oh, uh, like like three points over two games is an average of one point five. It is. That's about just, the extent of it. I just checked it. it on the calculator. It is. Um, but I got I, I had a I had a semester where I'm getting way off track. Here. No, no, let's do it. Is I had a semester where I had one class Monday, Wednesday at two o'clock in the afternoon, and it was in Sanford Hall, which is yeah down a flight of steps and across <laughs> the street. Yeah. Uh, so I got to sleep in until about oh one fifty. <laughs> roll out of bed and walk into class. Yeah. Uh, Sanford Sanford Mall, just it seems too far removed, to me. It. I know it's a, it's a ten minute walk to the stadium, but it feels like it's it's on the other side of town. Which Boone's not a big town, but you get what I'm saying. I, I th- um, I and the other thing too is just the, the convenience of it parking. as far as parking. I mean, I, I don't know how you make it the epicenter of tailgating when you can't park. I think uh, I think that's the big. I think ideally you'd love to show up to a tailgate that's already been set up at Sanford. That'd be awesome. Some people do that, but <laughs> <laughs> but but seriously, that's that's the issue here. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> you, you park in the parking deck. 
you roll your coolers down a flight of stairs. That's not fun. I mean, what else do you want to carry? Stuff, things are Unless heavy. Unless they strategically made the parking like at the dorms, like you sold like the East Hall and the this even the Sanford. If you sold those, and, yeah. But then you'd have to ensure that hey, don't don't tailgate in this lot, which is probably really convenient because no one's there. Drag on, yeah. It's yeah. it's hard. This it's may hard. be a naive question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. As as two, I'm not a tailgate aficionado. I, I I you work on Saturdays. I can count the I can count the number of games on one hand that I've tailgated for App State football. Oh, does your so, heart hurt when you hear that? But does there need to be an epicenter for tailgating? No, there doesn't. Um, the way that my tailgating unwritten rules are is the party is yours, you make it what it is. Ooh, so, you that's, know, a it, that's a slogan. Right? That's a tattoo. Whether it's somewhere. Dirk Pond or or uh, Apache Grass on the in Walker Hall or wherever, it's it's uh, you know, it's just it's it is what it is. You know, it. I don't think tailgating needs a place. Well, yeah. uh, especially it's it's so hard here. Uh, you go to the flatlands of of Mississippi and there's space all over. All over town. Yeah, the, the uh, we're not going to really have, 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 have a grove here. or anything. Right, like exactly. That. I mean, you basically find any corner that isn't claimed here, and put a tent up or a table or or do whatever you do, and roll a cooler out, and, and I don't think people. I don't think people realize maybe other than you, Big C, and and select others how challenging tailgating really was prior to like 2005. Oh, yeah. it was almost non-existent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean that the, the, the culture of that has really been been strong. I think since that time. Thank you, sure. Chancellor Peacock. Mr. Peacock, that's right. Yep. Uh, we have a, a fence sitting type email request for or Twitter request. I saw this one. Get off the fence. Get off the fence. Okay. Big Give C. us a hot take. What's the record? cold over here. What's the what's the, rec- <laughs> what's the record for Pretty Little Princess? Adam Whitten in the sixty-three degree weather over here. What's the record the rest of the year? I'm, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> What's the record the rest of the year? The, oh, our record. Yes, I know. I saw this question earlier. I thought about this. Um, absolute worst, 5-1. and one. Absolute worst. worst. case scenario, Regular season, worst case scenario, 5-1. and one. Wow. So we're potentially looking at, okay, I like that. I like me some 10-2s. and twos. I like me some 10-2s. and twos. I like that, too. I like that, Sword too. Sort Southern's down. I, I don't I, believe in Troy yet. You know, I'm sorry. The DMV would be proud of your answer. He's, you know, listen. Um Georgia State last week lost, like, three dudes. Like, they lost a running back in that game. They lost one of their great receivers. I think Robert Davis went down with an injury. And they were playing terrible. Yeah. After his touchdown, too, right? Davis did after his touchdown. Playing terrible. Like, Georgia State was playing awful. Yeah. And Troy was still losing in the fourth quarter at home, like, 14-6. Yeah. Needed a miraculous comeback. And I know transitive property doesn't work all the time. But there's got to be a little bit of that you got to read into. That's a I big mean, word. I'm sorry. Transitive. 30, 21 points to a, a team that, you know, we basically just let them score a field goal like last year. All right. There's something to be said for that. Um, everybody's worried about Troy. Troy because they're the they're the guy now or they're the next guy or the guy yeah, that's Yeah, I mean, they, they took Clemson to the – they put Clemson on their – Well, they, they the, maybe have – Clemson's not been playing good. They're the only other team with an impressive well. resume besides your grammar. Not been playing good. They ain't been playing good. Look, they needed they needed everything they did last week to beat you know beat NC State a prayer in a prayer and a Dabo Sweeney timeout to beat the Wolfpack. So Dabo, did Tyler Helton have a question? He did. He did have a question. I didn't see it on there. Go ahead and. Uh, I think you, it was uh, under the actual hashtag BGP Mail Satchel. I just was looking at it. I could All right, be go wrong. Ahead. You, I could be wrong, but uh, we'll see if we can uh, locate that. Tyler Helton. Tyler want to know the, the, what the real difference is and why is it so difficult for our running game to, to be so successful. Why is it so hard to stop? It seems like it that, should that was, be easy. That was last week. 
Did we answer that last week? Yeah, we did. I don't remember that. S- Steve Brown answered it. Yeah, but I didn't answer it, so it didn't count. <laughs> oh, no, so we'll, just, we'll go back and let uh, uh, Adam get after this. Adam, go for it. Well, it's just a great game plan by Scott Shatterfield <laughs> and his staff that they do to put in a good running game scheme. I'm sorry. That was my Steve Maybe that was. I mean, we should have just <laughs> left that alone. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually pretty good, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. It's Steve. I ain't got no skittles. We've got we've got the best we've got the best offensive line in the conference and one of the best in the country. I mean, Pro Football Focus is maybe the best grading and scouting website out there when it comes to just getting into the nitty gritty of breaking down tape and how guys are evaluated. And they evaluated our offensive line as top five in the country. Oh wow! FBS, all of FBS. Wow. That's the difference. Wow. Wow. That's why Jalen can pick up and do and, and have the same kind of productivity that Marcus had uh, before he got hurt. Um, it's the, what's the constant? It goes back to my my MVP answer of Parker Collins. What's the one constant in all of this and being able to run the ball? It's, yeah. it's it's that offensive line, which the health of the offensive line has been the key there. The fact that we haven't had any major injuries and you. you that's the one I, thing you got to hope they continue. I think it's also good when you don't know any. Well, you don't hear their names a lot. That means they're doing something right in, in many cases on the line or on the offensive line. If you don't hear their names up, they just do their job. I haven't seen Taylor scramble a whole lot this year. He didn't need to. It, I think a, a large part of his zone blocking scheme and our guys are athletic. I mean, the other now teams can have like 335-pound offensive linemen. You know, we've got some of that. Not, not a lot, but our guys can run. That's that's the main part of what we do is, is being able to move sideline to sideline and then finish plays on the field. So when you're a defensive line and you're being forced to run and then Jalen or Marcus puts their foot in the ground and finds that hole that just magically opens up, there's something you can do versus if you're getting stuck right on the defensive line, you can throw your arm out and catch a guy. Uh, so Moving people is the key. So pair that with that, that scheme with the fact that I think our brand, we talk about it I guess quite a bit, is effort. They do that with just absolute effort. So it, you take any plan if you don't execute it. It's not you could take an average plan execute well. So I think with that, that zone blocking that you're saying with the running our guys can run, they got to do it. And I think we have the attitudes on the line that uh, they want to do it. I don't think we have guys that take. I don't think we have guys that take plays off. I don't see guys that take plays off. And it requires the right kind of running back. Mar- this this is this is what separates Marcus from Jalen and Jalen's getting there and yeah. we've seen it the last few games but this is this is ultimately from a running standpoint what separates Marcus from Jalen in his own blocking scheme you have to have patience yeah you you cannot have a full head of steam and hit the hole immediately when you touch the ball you have to let things develop in front of you and Marcus is as good as anybody at doing that yeah. and Jalen that that's what kind of was prohibiting Jalen from having that breakout game that he finally did against Akron that's why he wasn't having productive runs in the, in the first three games of the season. But once he started to get to, to learn the patience, and Marcus was helping him with this too while he was hurt, but that that's what's required to, to run behind that scheme. Right. BGP right. mail satchel overtime right here for y'all too. We've got six or seven games left. Seven. Seven. Probably seven. My man right here. Oh, yeah. It's Marcus Cox. Probably Marcus seven. Did Cox. he not just say worst case five and one? Now he's saying maybe seven? I don't want to assume anything. Step your game. Step your game up. All right, go ahead. Does Marcus Cox break Kevin Richardson's rushing record? Yeah. And how? How? How does he do it? I think Scott he needs wants him to 423, break it. 423, somewhere around there, 423 yards. Um, 
I mean, he, he was getting 100 yards a pop in, in the games, about 100 yards a pop in the games that he was starting. I mean, he was over 100 yards in his first two games. He was hopefully on his way to there until he got hurt against Miami. We've got six, we've got seven games left, hopefully. So you got to think, you just don't know when he's going to come back. Right. And, and that's, that's really what you're getting at is, is he, it's, it's not a question of if he's healthy and he's playing, is he going to break the record? I think he's still in good shape for that, but it's really the question of, Help. is he going to come back with enough games remaining in his career to be able to break it? That's, that's the real question for me. And we've, we've heard very, very close running at practice we don't know what all this really means you know if, if we're blinded by it you know if the average fan is blinded by it is it does another five games matter does would you rather do it at home versus doing it on the road I mean, there's a, to me there's just yeah. a lot to, to look into that I mean do you give him a few carries this week just to kind of work him in see where he's see where he's at and yeah I, I don't I don't think any of the as far as timing goes I don't think that's relevant to this when it comes especially when it comes to Marcus more than anybody he's he doesn't really care how he gets it and right. quite honestly I don't know if he's gonna if it's gonna matter too much to him whether he gets it or not the only reason I think it would bother him if he doesn't get it is because he's not able to play yeah. that's more of just a, a product right. of not being able to play your, your final games of your career mm. but look if he's 100% he's gonna go if he's not 100% is is he a better option than than, than Jalen because as a running back, if you lose a little bit of your edge because you're not 100% healthy, whether it's it's your ability to make cuts or ability to change speeds, uh, whatever it is that 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 is a, that is being affected by your lack of 100% health, it, it it takes you from being this elite running back to being just maybe a good running back, and and that at that point, does why why would you come back and, and just thrust somebody in there when they're not 100%? Because a are you a better option running the ball than what you've already got? And then B, any little setback is going to add several more weeks onto the recovery time. He hasn't played since when? September 17th there when we played go. Miami. So it's been 31 days to the day. Yep. And that's, I, I think when we, you know, when we played Miami and that happened, we didn't care about beating Miami anymore. The most important thing we were thinking about was, oh, God, when's Marcus going to be back? And if, if we would have said at that point it's going to be at minimum four weeks, we probably would have been all worried. I, I, maybe yeah. I'm just no, 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 maybe no. I'm wrong, but you know if we don't see him next week or this week. But after after the before, I, I, I don't know. I just think it's kind of like it's kind of like an embarrassment of riches. Like you got a guy that's carrying the ball. What's the? Ru- I think it's to your point. What's the rush? But I do think that if he, I think a full month, you know, stretching, running, doing your your uh, physical therapy or whatever he's doing to get better. I don't know. Months yeah. a good timeline. We got the home stretch. I I don't know. I don't know what coach said this. <laughs> They felt he felt good when when he was on the the conference uh, call with with the yeah. Sun Belt all the coaches last right. week. Um, you know they weren't sure about the Louisiana game, but they felt pretty confident he would be able to play against Idaho. And and you know it it sounds like it's it's just hiding something or it's not <laughs> yeah. telling the full story. <laughs> yeah. But it really is with this kind of injury. It really is day to day. Like yeah. you 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 take him out, you work him out, you run him in practice or whatever you're doing. You see what he's capable of doing, and you have all these different tests that they have to go through every single day to be able to evaluate where they are physically. And you just don't know until you yeah. get to the next day. Hmm. Um, that's that's not that's not really a cop out answer for for me or for any of the coaches. That I think that's really the truth. Hmm. Um, hmm. It's it's really hard to pinpoint it because I think they're they're just they're optimistic week to week, and they just 
they're not going to take any chances with him. Why would um, you? Yeah. If you didn't have to, why would you? Why would you roll the dice? Yeah. I, I think everybody's on the edge of their seat. You're I mean, literally on the edge of your seat. I'm actually quite in my seat, but anyway. He's uncomfortable. Uh, He's comfortable. He's on the edge of his seat. The other thing, too, is Everybody like, wants to see him, though. Yeah, and, and look, we've had a lot of players miss time, not just Marcus. I mean, John Law played one snap against Louisiana. Eric Boggs missed some time. We, we've been we've had different variations of receivers that have missed time over the last couple of weeks. Barrett Burns missed the Louisiana game. Uh, the one thing that is exciting is not the fact that these guys are out, but just the fact that we've been so good – Without them. and 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 yeah. that's the other thing too with the passing game that that you know anybody that's complaining about the passing game think about what the fact that yeah. there's been a, you don't you don't know who Taylor's going to be able to, to throw to every single game you know even Shea who has played every game has not been 100 percent all year and, and Scott Satterfield talked about that in Mountaineer talk tonight like he's had stuff bothering him uh, Jalen Barber Deltron Hopkins Barrett Burns Shaquille Capel uh, the list goes on uh, T J Watkins who, who who stepped up in the Akron game all these guys have missed time. And yet, we're still able to be productive. We're still winning games. And then, linebackers being out for, for various reasons from the, from the Louisiana game. I mean, we we've got issues here and there. We're 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 pretty beat up yeah. right now. Yeah. And yet, you just hope that we're getting the time for these guys to all get back. And if we can get back to 100%, which I think they're still hopeful we can, boy, we are well equipped for for the right. stress drive. Well, I, I'll tell you, I saw John Law today. And it looked like he was very healthy going to get his lunch in Ross Dining Hall. <laughs> what kind of sandwich did you fix him? He had wings with no I sauce. I kept going. He, he had wings going. with no sauce. He had wings with no sauce. I knew what he was going to eat, sauce. so I didn't even ask. You didn't offer him any marble rye or something? Yeah, his headphones on, so oh, I don't want to interrupt the guy. That's right. No, I, I think, uh, man, every year of the Scott Satterfield administration, has we've gotten better at the depth, the portion of our program. Uh, it's just good. It's, it's, really it's a good, good place to be. It's a good place to be, and I think he's doing a really good job. Um, I know you're an expert in recruiting, Adam, so we'll, we'll definitely talk to you in the future about that uh, in depth with a lot, a lot of detail. Uh, but now we're calling. We're going to the bullpen right now for Danny Stapp closing us out on the hashtag. Oh, there we go, Central. ninth inning. The closer. That's right. He says, since none of us want to share the Sun Belt title with Arkansas State, who in the Red Wolves schedule is capable of taking down the reigning conference champs? Is Troy our only hope? Wow. Is Troy our only hope for ruining the ruining? Rebels? I mean, we would have to lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. It's probably about fair. I, don't, I, it seems to me that I would imagine Georgia Southern is going to probably lose again to somebody because they're just, to me, not good enough. Mm-hmm. They're just not consistent on offense enough to to. It could be us. It could be somebody else. Yeah, but uh, you know, I'll tell you this, Danny. Um, I don't want anything to do with some seven and one tie at the top and tiebreakers coming to play. I don't want no co in front of that mess. I want I it to be know. ours outright, and I don't want it to be eight no. To well, next year, next year, right? It won't have to be. Right, and that'll be more fun. But in the meantime, I don't want to be the last co champ. Oh yeah. I don't want to be the last outright champ. So here's the rest of Arkansas State schedule because they're the only ones of, oh, of the contenders. Hideous. That we don't have a uh, head-to-head with. For the last six on the road, right? For the last six on the road. Next Saturday against uh, Louisiana Monroe at Georgia State, home against New Mexico State at Troy, at Louisiana, at Texas State. Those last three games, I'd like to think there they, there's a loss in there somewhere. Uh, you certainly hope so because if you run the table, then you, you'd hate to have to share it. Um, Georgia State. You think so? Yep. More than Troy, then. Oh yeah. Wow. Well, so you're changing your answer. He just kicked down the fence. 
<laughs> I, I didn't raise the wall, that's for sure. Uh, fence. Yeah, whatever. You didn't build the fence. Well, it was, it was a Troy reference. You didn't install that's, the fence. That's part of the Hashtag build the wall. Troy. Yeah, build the wall <laughs> or raise the wall, whatever it is. That's Hashtag Troy's slogan. That's Troy's Hashtag thing. Really? Is it really? Yeah. Is. Hashtag uh, Trojan horse. Hashtag uh, learn your history. <laughs> I, I, was, I was going to go sign. another direction with that. I, I saw one of those promoted tweets on uh, Twitter. Yeah. And it was by uh, Trojan, you know, uh, the condom. And yeah, I they think had we can say that, that on here. Yeah, Trojan condom. We are talking about that. <laughs> you want to talk about condoms? They had they had like the ten the top ten schools for sexual education and the the ten worst. Oh. I guess who was in the ten worst column? Troy. Troy State. Troy State. How how in the world can you have your mascot be what it is and to get no love? From the brand, regardless. That's, um, uh, to that's me, rough. I think Georgia State will present enough defense to, oh, to Troy. Okay. Um, to Arkansas State, you mean? Compared to compared to Troy, versus right, right, right. Arkansas yeah, State. excuse me. That's okay. what I meant to say. Gotcha. Uh, enough defense. That's what I meant to say. Because we sorry, we got on that Troy thing there. Um, you know, Arkansas State's a mess. They are. A mess. I know they're two and zero, but it's not a pretty two and zero. It's a hideous two and out. Uh, you know, so that I think they'll figure out how to lose lose some games. I, I'm Arkansas State's not in my rearview mirror. Really, they're back there. I know they're right there, but they're back there. They're way back there. Yeah, that's me. And we're not playing them, so who cares? No, I think I think the Mountaineers are in good position. I think um, it has been interesting though, since I think everybody's been so hyper focused when we joined the Sun Belt that um, it's it's since it is fresh and everything we. Was, well, I can speak for myself. We knew what kind of team Idaho was three years ago, Georgia State three years. Right. So seeing that progression, you know, uh, over the next three years has been interesting. So, like, Idaho was terrible the first time we played them, a little less terrible maybe, and now they're a formidable threat, kind of, or, or potentially. And then Georgia State, same thing, although we haven't given up a touchdown. Um, it's been interesting to see that in the Sun Belt, although it's pretty terrible. Oh, right. Um, you know, Idaho on the road. No, it's good. No, I'm not. I'm not as yeah. far as formidable threat, I'm not. Uh, three, you know what I mean. I three, mean three, three, three of their four wins by a field goal they're, against a bad team. They are, they're better than they were three years ago. That's what I'm saying. There's, you know, South Alabama is better than they were three years ago too. Um, we're not playing them. I know, but it's, it's as far as I mean, there's you can say that for a lot of teams. Is Monroe better? I think Monroe's better than we played them last year easily. I don't think they'll be a threat. I th- well, La- Louisiana is worse than they were three years ago. They were. Yeah. Speaking of teams th- that are better, I think, though. You've, I think you guys have had a breakthrough tonight. I mean, he is he is very pointed and very opinionated in, in his answers tonight. I was ready for it. Get off the fence. Get off the fence. And he's off the fence. How about that? Gosh. Jumping all over the place. Yeah, eating a sandwich while he does it. Adam, thank you for being here on the hashtag Mountaineer Park. <laughs> Mountaineer Park. <laughs> Mountaineer Talk After Party slash hashtag BGP Mel Satchel. Uh, we're getting actually ready to go to our next segment, which is Sims McElfresh. Fan favorite. Top five name, name right. in, in program history. It is. Did you ask him about his name? I did. We talked about his name a little bit, I think. Oh, awesome. I think. I don't know. We already recorded the show, but uh, it is. Uh, we're excited to do that. So, Adam, thank you for spending time with us. You're the man. You got it, guys. I'm going to turn the heat on in my car now. Are we going <laughs> to? Cranking it all the way down to Winston. Hopefully we'll see you since it's a 3.30 kick. Hopefully we, we'll see you on Saturday maybe eating some turkey at Big C's tailgate. Hot chocolate. <laughs> Hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. <laughs> Can't wait. We'll be wearing your winter parka. So, good deal. All right. Thank you, sir. That does it for the hashtag BGP Mel Satchel. Stay tuned for 
Seems Michael fresh. And it's always good talking to Adam Witten, although it's two days later. I feel like we're in a, in a back to the future type thing, but we had a, a really good time talking with Adam. I think it was one of the best conversations that we've had with him. That uh, was a hashtag Mountaineer after party hashtag BGP Bell Satchel. That was one for the Bucks, Big C. That was a fantastic conversation. Uh, I, you know, I feel for Adam. He was getting a little chilly out there on the uh, on the Cafe Portofino patio. He was. But, uh, you know, it's, it's the far end of both of you, really. I was the only one in shorts, so. Oh, whatever. Still, still, uh, still, still uh, you know, toughing it out. Yeah, yeah. Let's split some more hairs on that. Uh, but anyway, uh, before we before we jump uh, over to uh, our special guest this evening, which is Sims McElfresh, we want to acknowledge and give a major shout out to our sponsor, Casa Rustica. They are the best Italian food that you can find in the high country. They've been around since 1981, they use fresh ingredients in Big C. One thing that makes them stand out from the rest, they're using, I mean, literally, they're using genuine Italian recipes that have been handed out for generations. And uh, the owner, Ricky Padroni, is uh, uh, he's very deliberate about keeping those traditions intact, all while using fresh ingredients. And look, my wife loves Casa Rustica. I can always go there to get out of the doghouse if I've upset my wife. I know that you, being uh, the boon goon that you are, probably have a good... Uh, story about Casa Rustica. Oh, of course. Uh, wedding rehearsal dinner back in 2008. That's where we went uh, night before, uh, you know, doing the whole vows and all that good stuff. And uh, we had a good time there that night. Um, a lot of people in there. We had we had the whole entire downstairs rented. So uh, there you go. And, and like you said, it's always a good, uh, it's always a good like Valentine's night or something oh, yeah. like that to, uh, you know, to kind of make up for uh, you know, <laughs> things that you've done throughout the week or year. <laughs> Just every day, I walk. I wake up and apologize for what I'm about to do. I think I think it's, I think it's the way to go. <laughs> it's but probably a good good thing for all of us to do out there. Absolutely. So whether you are visiting the high country this weekend for homecoming, or you live in the high country or whatever, check out Casa Rustica. They are supportive of App State sports for sure, but they're also a, uh, a proud sponsor of the Black Go Podcast. So go support them and eat that delicious food. And with that, we are going to take a break. And when we come back. Uh, after listening to some Lionel Richie, uh, we're going to talk to Sims McElfresh. Stick around. We're going to party, fiesta forever. Come on and sing along. All night long. All night long. All night long. And we are back on the Black and Gold Podcast with our special guest segment brought to you by the wonderful folks at Casa Rustica. And he is, for the second time in two days, the one and only Sims McElfresh. Sims, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? And you were doing well yesterday uh, when we did this uh, the first time and it didn't work. So you're here again. So that means that you weren't too offended with our trial run. No, no, I had a great time. It was like, uh, you know, the pre-show. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it was a test run. Yeah, a test run through it all. It was a test. It was a simulation, really. We just wanted to see how yeah. dedicated you were. Did you say it was oh, a I'm, simulation? I'm <laughs> yeah, simulation. <laughs> oh, Big C. Don't quit your day job, sir. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, Sims, uh, you know, we, we spoke with uh, your good buddy Malachi last week, and, and I, uh, we, both Big C and I, have gotten a lot of feedback about how that went because I mean he's a, a recent uh, uh, player of course to have graduated but he was also a fan favorite well the same can be said for you so why don't you update everybody that uh, cares about App State football that of, of course knows who you are and is excited really to, to hear what you're saying and that you're here on the podcast what are you up to now 
Uh, I am working for PepsiCo in the Frito-Lay department. I'm currently in a training program to become a district sales manager. Um, part of my training right now, which I have to do, is drive around in a truck and deliver chips. Oh, there you go. That's awesome. So that's that's what I do, starting real early till late. And I do that for another five weeks, and then I'll start, um, you know, training on a, a small district and learning learning the whole process and, I guess, the industry and things like that. So um, looking forward to that portion of the training because hmm. my truck's old, doesn't have AC. Um, I just sweat all day. <laughs> Lost seven pounds last week alone. Wow. So, um, wow. yeah, it's oh, good, was... though. It's, it's a great company. It's got a lot of room for upward mobility, and uh, they, they do things right. So um, I'm pretty fortunate to be where I'm at right now. I was curious. I was about to ask, what's harder, driving the truck or, uh, or not eating the chips while driving the truck? <laughs> what? Honestly, honestly, I'm not even a big chip guy. Like oh. I, I, I'm kind of health conscious, so I don't really eat chips. But um, yes, so are we. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they got the perfect guy for the job then. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd say so. But I mean, sometimes you do like if there's a flavor you see, you're like, "Ooh, I want to try that. I don't know what that one's like." Or so you know, we got a new Gouda flavor that i want to try smoked gouda so i mean that sounds good i want to try that one but you gotta, gotta you gotta wait. work you gotta work on that pitch if you're going into sales management you gotta you gotta work on <laughs> yeah. it it's gotta be more than ooh, that's gouda want to try that one <laughs> oh that's that's those some gouda chips <laughs> oh god well the, <laughs> big c's rubbing off on me already. yeah this is a flying start <laughs> speaking of uh, corny jokes we're talking about corn chips i mean you know we're, we're getting way way off the rails but uh you know big c one thing i remember about sims on the field is that he did have the gift of gab especially against his uh, uh opponents uh the the corners and the defensive backs so i think him going into a sales role it sounds perfect at least yeah, to me. yeah I'd, I'd agree yeah completely i i'd You'd always see uh, Sims's helmet kind of nod a little bit. <laughs> always, like, always want to know what he was saying. Well, I tell you, he he he. Uh, I I think I think to, to my knowledge now, I don't think that he ever. And this is based on the very few uh, minutes of conversation that we've had so far, but I don't think he ever instigated. I think you were really good, though, Sims. Correct me if I'm wrong. At um, replying to, would you say, poor sportsmanship? Yeah, yeah, I'd say that's pretty correct right there. Is uh, you know, I, I wouldn't talk trash if someone else was being nice. You know, if someone's nice, I'm gonna be nice back. But if you talk trash to me for no reason, I'm gonna come back at you, and I'm gonna keep coming at you, and I'm gonna keep coming at you till you get a personal foul. There you go. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you were, at, you know, I, I'm, I'm, this is gonna be the last time I say. Well, tell me what you said yesterday when the interview that we had uh, didn't work, and we're <laughs> we're having to do this again. I'm not gonna reference that anymore because that's sloppy. Uh-huh. And Big C corrects me after every show when I'm sloppy. Uh, but <laughs> but I know you were telling a story about. Uh, well, I was just give me some examples of some scenarios where you know that your trash talk, which I'm sure was very tasteful by the way and very clean cut. I'm uh-huh. in mean, psychological. You could probably make it in the pro wrestling business, but that's another story for another day, or that's another topic. Give me an example of when you would start using the trash talk and how it affected who you were going up against. You you know your trash talk is working when it gets them unfocused and they mess up on something or like say they miss a tackle, you remind them of that missed tackle over and over. <laughs> and then they try to come at you and the, all their focus and attention is on you and they miss another tackle because you know, all they're worried about is trying to get you. So that's when I think it's noticeable or when, when it really is working is, um, 
when the opponent, I guess you could say, is uh, mentally just not focused on the task they should be. They're too focused on you. So how do you though? So how, how do you go about acknowledging that? Are you saying, "Hey, that was a terrible tackle," or do you are you more of the sly kind of cerebral kind of uh, assassin to coin a phrase? Um, I actually I would say it's a little bit of both. I guess depending on the mood. Hmm. I mean, sometimes you just be like, "Wow, dude, you are bad." No, uh, no. I mean, just you just let them know. <laughs> and then other times you can't be sly. But I mean, I, I like to be. I, this is making me sound bad. But, no, no, you're a competitor. Know, it's, it's, you put on when you put the helmet on. It's a whole different world. You're it's, a competitor. You're in between the hashes, it's right. just different. It's you know, it's not a uh, all buddy buddy hug hug out there. So it, that that's interesting. Um, based on what we heard from Mondo Williams last night at Mountaineer Talk, he he said he was a very different type of trash talker um kind of like he would be very polite so did you go up against mondo a lot in, in practice and we all just very cordial to each other for an entire um you know, mondo, I, didn't, I didn't go up against him in practice a lot because i was in the slot mostly but That's i right. can tell you the nicest person i've ever played against is matt dobson from georgia southern number seven the safety oh, yes i yes, mean yes. he would say he'd be like hey man great route there like hey nice catch hey and like i mean <laughs> uh, he's actually one of my buddies now i'm not gonna lie we went to uh the um Sunbelt Conference uh, event down in New Orleans, and I actually got to meet him and hang out with him some, and like just one of the most genuinely nice guys. He's like, like you know, Andrew Luck is on the field. That's what he's like. Yeah, but or like Tim Tebow, <laughs> oh, Tim, the, Tim, the Timster. Is he going to try to yeah. make a career in professional baseball? Do you think? Uh, I don't think it's going to work. I think he'll try though. Mm, the, I was talking about the Georgia Southern guy, by the way. I wasn't talking about Tim oh. Tebow. Yeah. Oh, no. oh, oh. If, I mean, you're making Tim Tebow comparisons. I'm just trying to keep up to your speed now. Uh, gotcha, gotcha. But so when you were down there at the Sunbelt Conference media stuff, did he say, like, hey, man, great interview? Hey, great answer to that question. Uh, not, not quite that, but I mean, <laughs> he's just like a genuinely nice guy. He doesn't have a mean bone in his body. Yeah. Unlike, okay, so let, let's talk but about that. But he'd smack you. <laughs> I bet I bet he would. But so what? So you know, going in from SoCon to the the Sun Belt, you know, the level of competition goes up. But mm-hmm. but besides that, you're facing new schools. You have kind of indicated to me that uh, the stuff with Georgia Southern, the the players versus the fans, it's a different story. But let's let, and I definitely want you to talk about that. But mm-hmm. what are some of the the schools conference rivals that you just hated the most playing against? Oh, easy, Arkansas State. Mm. Mm. I can't stand them. Well, let's let's hear it. Let's hear a story. Um, well, as I mentioned the first time we did this, uh, <laughs> I had a, one of them spit in my face. There you go. Uh, oh wow! After a play, ran up and spit right in my face. Um, so that that's one of the reasons I think they're just dirty and just rude and inconsiderate. And I think it comes. I can say it now. I think it comes from their coaching staff. I think their coaching mm. staff is a bunch of bunch of a-holes, if you don't mind me saying it. I but, don't mind you saying it, no. Um, <laughs> that's where I think it all really stems from. Yeah, it's kind of nice to get that off your chest. You know, I can actually <laughs> say the things I want to now. Hey, you know what? You know what? Our, let, I, our, our, uh, our fan base has designated David Jackson now as hashtag unfiltered DJ. So now we got unfiltered Sims. <laughs> I like that. Go, yeah, so but go yeah, for it. Yeah. I, I think it stems a lot from, from some of their co- Not all of them, just some of their coaches. Like who? No, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm getting you in deep water because someone's going to yeah, try no, to I'll buy it. I'll stop there. I'll stop there. You're going to have to go to Jonesboro, Arkansas to sell potato chips and, and no one's going to buy it because you said something nasty about them on uh, the Black yeah, Podcast. Yeah, yeah. That's right. You know, actually, I, I had heard um, 
I don't know how Justin Stepp keeps making his way into our show. Pierre Banks said he couldn't stand Justin Stepp because he played against him <laughs> at Furman and all that other stuff. And and I know that you know he was your coach, you know, until uh, mm-hmm. Coach Watts came up. And uh, but I, one thing that I remember hearing from him um, was that the Arkansas State guys during the recruiting process, uh, or you know, going after the same kid because now we go after a lot of the same kids. Yep. They were real. They were they hit below the belt a lot. They would talk trash about other schools. Whereas, and I I don't yeah. I can't confirm whether this is true or not, but uh, it seemed it was implied to me that App State's approach is talk about yourself, don't dog other guys because we got better things to talk about. Whereas Arkansas State maybe didn't subscribe to that exactly. Yeah, I've heard the same thing, and I do think that App and its recruiting um, approach more so just ups our program, talks about our program. Um, you know, we, we're not in any space to talk about another program. I think it's good that we focus on ours and the accomplishments that we have and the facilities that we have and the players that we have and things like that. I think that sells itself. So, but yeah, I've heard the same thing. Yeah. Well, there you go. So we're just ragging on, just get them back on the schedule, man. Let's get them back on the schedule so we yeah, can show exactly. them what's up. Although uh, no love was lost uh, or I didn't shed any tears when uh, Georgia Southern lost to him. But that's another I story. Didn't I didn't either. <laughs> I'm sure you didn't. Uh, so, okay. So, um, very similar to Malachi. Of course, you guys came up together and, and uh, as wideouts and through the SOCON. And, you know, talk about, uh, and this is something I, you know, uh, I want to make sure we do discuss. You know, what, how did you get to App State? I mean, you went from, I mean, and Big C is definitely appreciative of, of, of of players like you that came up working harder than anybody else to get from a walk-on, to go from a walk-on to a scholarship player, not only scholarship player, but you know, they don't give scholarships out just because you're a swell dude. They give scholarships out because you're, <laughs> con- you're contributing to the team in a positive way. And, and you obviously earned that from a, from a walk-on spot. And that's been really, uh, that's been a success story for the App State program taking uh, like our leading rusher of all time was a walk-on. You know, he started out as a yeah. walk-on, and some of our most key players in the championship years were walk-on players. So, how? What was your journey to App State? How did that even happen? Well, um, coming out of high school, I was not very—I'm not very big now, but I was even smaller then. Um, I'm about five ten, and I was maybe a buck fifty-five, one sixty coming out of high school. Uh, so, a lot of programs just didn't even bat an eye at me because I was small. Um, you know, they figured, oh, he's too small to play football, or at a higher level at least. So I had some D2 schools that were recruiting me and talking to me, you know, wingets and stuff like that. But um, I wanted to play Division One football or Division One AA football. Um, that was my goal. I didn't want to play D2. I felt like it wasn't worth it. So um, I remember one day I was just laying in bed, and I was really, really frustrated with the whole recruiting process because it was awful. So I literally just said a prayer one night. I was like, you know, God, just take me where you want, want me to go. I'm, I'm so tired of this. Um, and literally the next day, App walked into my uh, high school's weight room. I'd never seen him before. It was Coach Spear and John Mark Hamilton. And um, remember, they watched my film, watched about two minutes of it. And then Coach Spear came out and offered me a preferred walk-on spot, said they didn't have any scholarships available. But he said that I would have the opportunity to earn one once I got up to App. I could you know, show that I was worth it and earn one. Um, so I, I went on a visit, and it just so happened that was the only school I'd applied to at the time. But uh, I went on a visit. It <laughs> was snowing. Go. It was cold. I loved it, um, and and that's that's it really. Well, so uh, did you have any? Because I genuinely don't know. Did did you have any previous connections to App? Did you parents, brothers, friends, zero, sisters? no connection no whatsoever? Connection. So no. why why was that the only school you had applied to? Um, 
it was, I had some friends who had, uh, I'd talked to about it and I'd done some research on it. Um, and it was, it was like perfect distance from home. I thought I knew it was a good school. Uh, th- those reasons. And it, I don't know. It's just crazy that it was the only one I'd applied to. Give us a, a good Jerry Moore story. <laughs> um, well, first I'll tell you a funny, one funny thing. Coach Moore used to always say, you know, he'd be like, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. He'd always say that. Like, yeah. When something was good. That's awesome. Yeah. And so we had uh, Ron Henderson on the team. Right. A little ways back. For the longest time, he, he thought Coach Moore was saying, let's sauce them. <laughs> And he was like, he what? never understood it. He was like, why is he saying let's sauce him? <laughs> it doesn't make what? sense. Let's sauce him. Let's sauce him. What is that like? You know, beat him up. Let's sauce him. Let's sauce him, baby. Um, so that's a, that's a good Coach Moore story. Um, Coach Moore's stories are hard to, I mean, he's so, there's so many of them, but they're hard to replicate. But one of the things Coach Moore does a lot is um, he's great at motivating, but he does go on little tangents, like, kind of get off topic a little bit when he's talking <laughs> yeah so like you're after practice and it's it's 28 degrees outside and the wind's blowing and everyone wants to get inside and he's going to tell a story and it's not going to be like a two minute story it's going to yeah. be at least 10 to 15 <laughs> and everyone's sitting there freezing um but one of the best things i've ever seen in coach Moore that says a lot about him is uh him on the stairmaster i mean <laughs> He is a machine. Wow. He goes for 30 minutes straight, and he's not getting off until that 30 minutes is over. Wow. The Stairmaster. Yeah. So, I, I guess mean, once he got his knees replaced, he could do that, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think this might have been before. Or wait, when did he get his knees replaced? Yeah, Big C. I don't remember the exact year, but. <laughs> Big C, when did. Was it, was it while I was there? I don't think it was. Uh, I think it might have been like. I guess it was before. A year or two before he got there, maybe. Before he, okay, all well, before I'm, before anyway. before all Sims I know got is there. That for a man of that age, it is uh-huh. extremely. I mean, I've done the stairmaster now that I've I'm a NARP, non-athletic regular person, <laughs> and <laughs> and it is brutal. I mean, I do 15 minutes and I'm dripped in sweat and I feel like I'm gonna die. He uh, did 30, so non-ath- it's, it's impressive. So I've been a NARP my whole life. Then Big C, we're NARPs. We're just a couple <laughs> of regular NARPs. Gosh. <laughs> now, now Sims having to the sling Frito Lay chips and and just like the rest of us, you know. I mean. That's right. That's it's a, right. It's a, it's a rite of passage. All right. So, so, uh, man. That, that, so, what year did you get your scholarship? How long were you walk on before you got a scholarship? Uh, it was about a year and a half, two years. There you go. That's awesome. How did you find yeah. out? How did you find out you're going to be on scholarship? Well, Coach Step was a was fighting for me really, really hard. Um, so he kind of gave me the heads up that it was going to happen, and we had a team meeting, uh, in the summer before my sophomore my redshirt sophomore year yeah so it was two years um for my redshirt sophomore year uh where we all came up for the summer and it was just kind of like a everyone welcome back kind of thing and that's when they like with the whole team they're surprised it was three of us me ricky ferguson and uh uh drew who was the kicker drew stewart drew stewart i forgot his last name for a second drew yeah oh uh, and that's when they kind of just like said, "Hey, we've got three guys who won an award with this," and it was it was a pretty amazing moment. Did you cry? I didn't cry, but it was you great should've. to. Uh, I think my parents did when I called them afterwards. Who that? Of course, it, you did. I cried yeah, during Malachi's story last year. I mean, I mean last week. <laughs> I mean, you should be crying over Scott. I mean, that's pretty. That's a pretty cool thing. Well, I'm sorry. I probably won't make you cry. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> but 
Um, no, the greatest, the greatest thing is that you kind of touched base on it is, uh, you know, the financial perspective of it is great. Like not have to worry about student loans or, you know, begging my parents to pay for college for me or anything like that. Yeah. Like a NARP. Um, yeah, like a NARP. But, um, <laughs> the, the fact that, you know, y- you do contribute to the team and the coaches recognize that and they believe in you and they believe in you enough to actually, you know, give you money and a scholarship and show that, that you're, you're valuable to them. So that's, that's the biggest thing I think that was, um, the most rewarding you could say no. of getting a scholarship. No, I mean, from somebody that's never had a scholarship awarded to them in their entire life. I'm sure that was a great, I'm sure that was a great accomplishment <laughs> for sure. So what are the, what are the, the top, uh, memories that you take away on the field? I know you, you have too many to count, I'm sure, but what are some of the top games that you remember from really, it doesn't matter. SoCon days or Sunbelt days, top games. Uh, I'd say one of them would be obviously the Community Bowl. That's of hands course. down one of them. Of course, that's the the last the last time I cried was Community Bowl, and I can't remember the time before that. Hmm. Actually, I can. My dog died. Oh, that's man. it. Oh, that's man. it. I can't I remember there. any other. Change the cry. subject. Change it. I'm not talking about dogs dying. All right, change the subject. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we had a good conversation about dogs earlier. Yeah. Um, another one would be go when we went down to Georgia Southern and beat Georgia Southern at their place. 2012, 2012. Yep. Oh man, I remember that. I remember that they were number one in the country. Went down there and took it to them. Yep. And then the other one was when I remember exactly it when Kimbo jumped over the line on fourth and one on the goal line to stop Georgia Southern from scoring, and we beat them at home as well. I think that was the previous year mm. in 2011. Mm. That, was, um, that was yep. That was 2011 because 2013 yep. was a beatdown of epic proportions. Right, right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That was thirty. I want to say thirty-eight, fourteen. Oh, yeah. We beat them. We're, you, you, we're talking about thirteen, right? Two thousand thirteen. Oh, never mind. Thirteen. That's when, wait. When did we? Two thousand eleven. They came up to Boone, number one in the country, and it was a relatively close game. Two thousand thirteen. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. There you go. Yeah. Two thousand thirteen. Yeah, you're correct. I'm pretty good for a NARP. Um, what for, was that? I said I'm pretty good for a NARP. <laughs> Knowing all this stuff, there you go. <laughs> historical. You're use that a lot now, aren't you? I am. I'm gonna say the first when when somebody meets me for the first time, tomorrow, I'm gonna say, "Hi, I'm Alex. Uh, I'm a NARP. Uh, nice to meet you, sir <laughs> or madam, whatever they identify as." I mean, let's just be real. Whatever. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's but right. those I'd say those are some of my greatest on-field moments. I, I did enjoy the Michigan catch. The whole game wasn't great, but the Michigan catch was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think yeah. Clemson was nice. <laughs> I, I was curious. I was curious. Sims, uh, thinking about some things to ask you before you know we got on. And um, what was it like? You know, you talk about the Michigan catch. And then was it Peter King? Uh, you know, who does his own thing now? Yeah, yeah. Who said Peter that King. was the, one of the best catches you've ever seen, or something to that effect? Yeah. How, how like like what did that even feel like? I mean, that's that's a nationally you know it was surreal. Journalist. When, it, when it happened, I, I thought, oh my gosh! Like I remember, I caught it. It was all a blur, really. I remember the exact call. It's Dragon. That's the call, which is an option route on a corner or a post. Um, so I ran the corner. I had leverage on the safety, came through the ball, and it was all blur, just blur. And I stood up, and I just thought to myself, oh, my gosh, did I just score in the big house? There you go. Like, did, I, did, I just score, did I score a touchdown? Mm. Wow, that's awesome. And then seeing Peter King say that was surreal. It's just it's crazy fingertips man it was all fingertips if you'd trimmed your fingernails the week before you wouldn't have caught it that yeah yes i wouldn't have <laughs> although you're wearing gloves i know the physics behind it. it's very complicated but trust me if you hadn't have clipped your toenails, <laughs> you or i said toenails as if you caught it with your toes but your fingernails 
then you wouldn't have caught it. So what, what, uh, you know, when we talk back to that, you mentioned the camellia bowl. Uh, one thing that I, when I think of guys like you, uh, Malachi and, uh, Ronald Blair and Doug Middleton, I, I think of dudes that came here without any, any indication of officially moving up, not moving up, whatever, you know, playing against competition to then go to the playoffs and whatever, blah, blah, blah. Then to have two years of postseason play taken from you in the mm-hmm. 2014 season where, you know, and I'll, we talked about this a lot last year, a lot, which was after that Liberty game, like, a, a, you know, obviously we made some personnel decisions or Coach Satterfield made some personnel decisions that, you know, kind of tr- it triggered something in, in the finally the formula or the process finally kicked into motion. You guys took off. But what was so amazing about that that run was you bunch of guys deciding that, you were going to be your own motivation and winning just mm-hmm. winning game to game was going to be your own motivation. So I, I can't think of a better reward for, for going through those two years where you didn't ask for that. No, no player signed up to, to play for those two uh, 12 game seasons and no hope of anything else. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. football's fun anyway. I'm not trying to say that it's not, and I know you guys are motivated, but man, it was really inspiring. So um, I mean, did, did you guys know after, that that stretch run in twenty because hey the first half I don't have to tell you the first half of twenty fourteen was a nightmare in it's terms rough. of oh man yeah. it was rough so did you guys know that once you just what what do you think was the turnaround how about that what what do you think was the real turnaround elements of the turnaround two thousand fourteen that obviously led into two thousand fifteen see people ask me this a lot or I've been asked this Sorry. multiple times and I don't I don't know what the exact point was I don't know if it was just confidence being built from the Troy game but if you look back at the games we lost. Most of them were in the final two minutes and not by a very high like margin of score. Right. Um, so it's not like like we could be sitting here saying, "Oh, you you know we won the like five of the first six games and then went on this winning streak too and blah blah blah." But really, it's just we had some terrible luck, had some terrible um, things happen in the beginning of the season. Just things did not go our way, and then finally everything started clicking and we stopped making. I guess, simple little mistakes that were causing us games in the first half. And um, that built our confidence big time. And that's when we saw, hey, we can play with these guys uh, and not just play with them. We can beat them. Um, <laughs> and, and I'd say that's that's the turning point, just the confidence boost that uh, going down to Troy and absolutely destroying them uh, gave us. Yeah, and really, actually, the only close game after that was the Monroe game. And that was it. I mean, that, that, that was yeah. the only one. And then we just everybody else were just taking names. And, you know, what was so cool, and this is just a statement, I don't really have any question, but I think, well, it was poetic justice for Zach Maddox to hit the game winner in the Camellia Bowl because yep. of, of what a terrible year he had in 2014. And with a kicker, I mean, you're not playing in hardly any of the game, but then all of a sudden some critical moments are put on you, and he just he went through the ringer in 14. And so, I don't mm-hmm. know, man. I just think, I think that when you tell the story of 2015, you can't tell it without the story of 2014 because I think that yeah. all culminated together to really send you guys out on top of the way, the way you deserved. I mean, we, we, that, that game, you guys did not win. We, man, we've, we have talked about this ad nauseum, but you, that camellia ball was not one on our strengths. It was one on our guts and, and guys like you and, and Doug. And I know we had some uh, guys like uh, uh, Latrell Gibbs go in there and, and, and contribute in big ways with turnovers. Mm-hmm. But uh, man, what um, it's, it's almost like that was, uh, is it? That's like the Lord of the Rings. It was two different <laughs> movies, but it's <was> one story. 
<laughs> I see it that way. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree and say that you have to take in the, the season prior to fully understand it all. Yeah, no, I, I totally see. I just, you know, I'm just, I'm a narp. What can I say? I'm, a, I'm, I'm, the, I'm in the stand. Hey, we're all narps on now. There. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. You got the stories. We're just up there just pretending like we know what we're talking about. So who are the best <laughs> players that you strapped the helmet on with during your time at App State? That I played with or yeah. against? Let's let's do the whole gamut. Who are the best players you played with and against? Who are the guys that stand oh, up? Oh, man. Well, there's so many. Just from this past season, I mean, you could say Doug, Malachi, Blair, um, Zach, um, Kimbro, BG, uh, obviously Brian Quick, Sean um. Price would have been the best receiver to ever come out of here. Um, <laughs> we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't talk about that. <laughs> oh yeah, well, <laughs> moving on. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Moving on. Okay, <laughs> just kidding. Go ahead. That wasn't in the. Uh, the pre notes. I know. I forgot. Uh, there, there are several typos. I was trying to. I was. It's all right. It's I was right. eating. A, I was eating, eating one of uh, Big C's ham sandwiches, and I just forgot. I forgot to type <laughs> that on there. I'm sorry. So sorry. I mean, honestly, for me, it's like when I first got here, I looked up to so many of those guys. They were all great players to me. So um, I can't really pick from just App State, but from opponents, um, let's see. I would say Clemson's whole defense. <laughs> they were stacked. Uh, they were good. Um, Jabril Peppers was pretty good. He's a corner uh, in Michigan. Yeah, although I did hurt him. That's why he redshirted that season. Right. Uh oh. Yeah. Uh oh. Whoopsies. Doing, doing damage. I like it. I yeah. like it very much. Um who else? Who else? The Dallas Cowboys own JJ Wilcox. Yeah, JJ Wilcox. That's true. That's true. Uh, Jaquiski Tart from uh, Sanford. Sanford, yep. He's with the 49ers now, right? That's right. That's right. They were both studs. Um, can't think of anyone else right now. It's kind of it's kind of interesting how the you know parody in college football. I mean, it, you can go to any level and you get a guy that was just a freak, and you're like, man, he's at he's at Sanford, he's at this, he's at there. But then I mean, you go, of course, to a Clemson, and you know, like you said, the front seven's pretty. Uh, decent you could say uh <laughs> yeah their front seven was legit those guys were freaks yeah well and they showed it they showed it too that whole yeah. that whole season so looking at this year uh i know you know that that whole roster uh except for the, of course the true the true freshmen uh yeah we, we've had we've had games where we have not played as well as we could have being the miami game and you could even say that although we were in control the whole time the odu game was a little bit sloppy but uh, what are you what are you expecting throughout the rest of this 2016 season for the Mountaineers? I'm I'm expecting a lot of wins and I'm expecting a ring at the end. Um, from the games I've seen, um, when we play well, it's you know when everyone is motivated and everyone is doing their job. You're not worried about other things. You're filling your gap. You're in your zone. You're you're doing the thing that you are supposed to do. Um, the games that I've seen that were bad, like Miami. Uh, we're making stupid mistakes on missed assignments, broken coverages, things like that, things that are uncharacteristic of our defense or our offense or um, or whatnot. So really, I think it's all down to however however good, I guess you could say, they want to be, however focused they want to be. Um, and it's, it's really up to the players to see what they'll do, but I think that they'll focus up for the rest of the season, keep their mind on the right track, and win a lot of games. 
Sims, you are a gentleman and a scholar, but one of the themes that we've been talking about, because everybody's talking about the passing game, the passing game, there's so much turnover uh, in the wide receiver position. How, how, how do wide receivers that haven't had a lot of game experience, uh, how do they build chemistry? How do you build chemistry with the quarterback? What's the best way? Um, well, I said some stuff yesterday, like, you know, uh, yeah, take well, a quarterback we don't to have lunch, that. <laughs> right. carry, carry his books to class, um, just worship the, the ground that he walks on, oh, yeah. things like that. There you go. Uh, no, no, but really just, uh, it, it really is in practice. So, um, generally one of the things that you have to do to correlate over to the game is practice the same way you want to play in a game. So if you practice hard, you're going to play hard. You practice full speed, you're going to play full speed. Um, that's one of the things Andrew Peacock and Tony Washington really showed, you know, Malachi, Bobo, myself. Um, since we got to sit under them for a while, we got to see how they practiced and how hard they worked and how well it did correlate over to the actual game. So uh, that's one of the best ways because it lets your quarterback see you, you know, how you'll be in a game running full speed or the same reacting at the same time at the same speed and things like that. So, um, honestly, it's really just practicing together as hard as you can. And then also just outside of football, hanging out, you know, just hanging out with your bros. It's, that's and, the best way to build the chemistry. And carrying the books. And car- in the washing, yeah. the, and yeah, washing the, the car. Washing the car in the room. And doing their homework. <laughs> whoa oh, we're getting in some NCAA violations here. We need to. No, uh, I'm, st- I'm, I'm kidding. I would never do that. He the- did mine. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Seniority rules, you know? Hey, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So what? You're a QB. Age before beauty. Age before beauty. But what would he say to you now? I mean, we're all just narps here. I mean, does he that now? That's, yeah. So what are you doing now? You just uh, you're, you're uh, editing his essays on uh, how to be a, te- <laughs> a, P- a PE teacher. No, no, no. None of that. No, but you do probably no. hook him up with some free uh, Frito Lay chips. Uh, I think that'd be an NCAA violation. Oh, so probably not. you know what? We're <laughs> compliance is going to be all over us, Big C. I'm going to get us in trouble. Yeah. We we need to. <laughs> It's the plane ship. You just can't. You can probably do it in the plane ship. But once you start adding all the Gouda and the sour yeah, cream or chives, once you get into the Doritos, or the you know cheddar sour cream ruffles, then you're getting out of hand. Yeah, you're getting you're getting way out of hand. That's right. So, Sims, thank you for coming on this special guest segment. You are the special guest. Uh, brought to you by Casa Rustica. Do you have a good Casa Rustica experience? Uh, I do actually. I watched the Floyd Mayweather Manny Pacquiao fight there when everywhere else was absolutely packed in Boone. We couldn't get in. Casa Rustica was nice enough to open their doors and let us in. Mm. So that is my great memory. Good stuff, so. Sims. Well, hey, man, uh, we hope you come back soon. Hopefully not tomorrow. <laughs> and we'll, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll talk to you soon, man, and uh, we really appreciate it. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right. See you, Sims. Big C, that was an exhilarating conversation with Sims McElfresh. Sims uh, really kind of caught me off guard there. I uh, I guess I was uh, surprised a little bit by uh, like, he had just like a bunch of good nuggets in there. Uh, he's very personable. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy that. Like like every guest we have. Yeah, can't wait to have him back on. Yeah, no, him and him and Malachi couldn't be more different in terms of their personality, but they they both I think have been really great additions to the show. Um, I've been really really happy to have two guys that were so well liked by our fan base, but also. Just seeing they're hard workers and they contributed so much to App State, you know, being a, a successful FBS program. So really, really had a great time talking to Sims. And look, if if based on the text messages that uh, I know that you've gotten, that I've gotten about our episode with Malachi and how how many people love that show, 
Um, I think people are going to love this one, and, and I think both of those guys will uh, uh, be joining us in the future for sure, Big C. No, I, I can't wait, and we hopefully we can uh, you know find a couple more teammates out there who uh, will have some time in the future, you know, and uh, uh-huh. we can only we can only grow this uh, this kind of uh, black and gold podcast Hall of Fame. You Ooh, know? we have yeah. Well, we got to get Steve Brown a plaque, and then we can start adding to the wing of the Hall of Fame. I'm still working on it. Still working <laughs> We're on still it. working. We'll, on we'll it. get it. We'll get it figured out. Well, I mean, Rick Beasley hasn't sent it back. We accidentally sent it to him, so he we're <laughs> trying to get that reverse logistics going on, but. Again, we before we wrap up, we do want to say another word to our main sponsor of the show, Z-Box Mattress. Uh, again, a startup company that is – I mean, really, these are the most amazing mattresses that you'll ever sleep on. I mean, they really are. Uh, started by three App State grads trying to bring their expertise in the bedding industry uh, to consumers directly to your door. Go to, their, go to their website, order from them, use black and gold as the promo code. And you'll get 10% off. And I'm, I'll tell you this, and they wanted me to, to say this as well as we were talking about uh, getting the sponsorship underway. That is the only discount code that they're giving is uh, to App State fans with black and gold. So go to zboxmattress.com. Check them out. They are seriously, it'll be the best night's sleep you can get. They have firm and plush options. Check them out. And until uh, Saturday, Big C, when we're frying turkeys and eating mashed potatoes and going against a uh, what seems to be a perhaps a challenging offense at Idaho. We hope to see all of you. Not really. I don't want to see everybody. But we hope to see a lot of you. <laughs> that would be tough. That would be tough to see everybody well, in the same day. At the stadium, though. I mean, we can see pretty much. We can just walk I mean, we'll around. We'll see him inside. Yeah, yeah. We'll see him inside. But uh, regardless, we're excited to head up for a home game for the first time since October 1st. Can't wait to see everybody this Saturday at The Rock. Oh.